You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Election College, episode 151. The most despicable character, James Wilkinson. Let's throw a political party. Face it, the political scene sucks, but did it always? It's time for Election College, and class is in session. Now, your hosts, Jason Goff and Ben Smith. Jason, for Teddy Roosevelt to say you're a bad guy. You're probably a pretty bad guy. And for all of his badness, James Wilkinson somehow kind of like slid along his whole life. Yeah, this guy, I didn't know a whole lot about until we were researching some of the founding fathers midway through this year. And we kept on saying we need to talk about James Wilkinson. And guess what? It's the second to last week of the year, so, well, we should talk about him. (laughs) Yeah, man, this guy is, just his story is incredible. And I mean, uh, I probably shouldn't say too, too much before we actually get into it, but it just amazes me how he can keep jumping through these hoops and kind of dodging bullets as he goes along through his career and basically commits treason like multiple times <laughs> and he's still a high-ranking official yeah so i guess we'll get we'll get there he's like the dude in high school that nobody likes except mm-hmm. maybe a couple of people and you're like why in the world does this upstanding person get taken advantage of over and over again I'm having flashbacks now. I'm not. If there's anybody I went to high school with, I can't think of anybody, but maybe like a high school movie of, of some sort. All the movies from high school, actually. Yeah. So James Wilkinson, this guy is born in Maryland and he's born on a farm like most people in 1760s. And uh, his family is kind of well off and they have some some decent sized property and he grows up with this idea that, well, if you betray me, I have every right to betray you back, essentially. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So his dad had some struggles with debt. And let's just put it this way. His older brother, Joseph, he got anything that was left for the family. And James ended up with nothing. And his dad, he's dying. And he says, Hey, James, come here for a sec. My son, if you ever put up with an insult, I will disinherit you. So there you go. (laughs) That's kind of a rough last words to live with. Like, couldn't it be like, my son, I love you or my son, I'm proud of you. No, I'll disinherit you. Yeah. So Wilkinson, he goes to a private tutor for a lot of his life. And then uh, whenever he 
grows up a little bit. He goes to study medicine, of all things. And he's headed out to Philadelphia to go to the University of Pennsylvania. And oh, what do we have here? The American Revolutionary War. So obviously his education gets interrupted. He serves in the Pennsylvania Rifle Battalion and Thompson's Rifle Battalion in 1775 and was commissioned a captain and he was an aide to Nathaniel Green during the siege of Boston. And he was all about the placing of guns on the Dorchester Heights in March of 1776. And when the British bolted out of Boston, he went with the rest of the Continental Army to New York, where he's like, see a Nathaniel Green. <laughs> and he was given command of an infantry company. Yeah, so shortly thereafter, remember the whole Revolutionary War part where we try to take over part of Canada and it doesn't really work? He gets sent to Canada as part of that. And so Benedict Arnold is there and they're trying their best to get into Quebec. You know, they're sieging the place and Quebec's just like, stop it. <laughs> we don't have anything else to give you. Stop <laughs> it. But we're not letting you in either. And just as he gets there, about 8,000 British reinforcements show up. And that's the end of the efforts of the Americans in Canada. And they're just like, okay, so we're going to go back south a little bit to where we know we can defend ourselves. And uh, he still ends up being uh, an aide to Benedict Arnold, which that's, you know, not surprising, I guess, as we'll come to find out. And <laughs> ends up being on like, like the, one of the last people that make it out of Canada. Yeah. And as soon as he gets out, He's like, see you, Benedict Arnold, you're a loser, and therefore, I don't want to work for you. <laughs> He's like, take off, A, eh? And that's a little reference to Strange Brew, which if you're <laughs> older, you're going to know what Strange Brew is probably. And um, if you're younger, don't watch it because you're going to be sorely disappointed, probably. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't watched that movie probably. Ben, you were probably three years old when I watched last watched that movie. I'm old. Man. So anyway, he goes, he takes off from Canada. If you're Canadian, hey, uh, Merry Christmas to you this week. I, I heard that you all celebrate Christmas as well, uh, <laughs> even though you're not Americans. I guess you're North Americans, but no offense. Anyway, we didn't have very much success up there in Canada. The Americans didn't. So... Here is our friend, James Wilkinson. He becomes an aide to General Horatio Gates in August of 1776. And Gates, you know, he's a pretty strong-headed guy. He's, he's pretty self-confident, right? And uh, Gates says, hey, Wilkinson, uh, go over to Congress and uh, let them know about the Battle of Saratoga that we won. And Wilkinson tells Congress, he's like, you can wait a little while because I've got some personal things to take care of. I, I don't know. I collected some furs or something in Canada <laughs> and I, I don't know that that's not historically accurate. The first thing, I mean, it could be, yeah, but he shows well, not up. much about his story was, so that makes sense, yeah, I guess. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so while we're being treasonous, we might as well go all out, right, Ben? So right. he shows up to Congress and he's like, I 
am awesome. <laughs> I just cleaned house in Saratoga. And what do you think of that? Congress is like, hey, dude, you are awesome. How about we make you a brigadier general? You know, you're only 20 years old, but why not? While we're at it, we'll also appoint you to this board of war that we have, which if you were listening a few weeks ago, when we talked about the president's cabinet, you heard a little bit about the board of war. But yeah, so he's like, they're like, hey, uh, so you get like this great rank, you little kid. And also you can be uh, on the board of war. And so there's like all these guys who definitely, definitely should have gotten this promotion. And, you know, they're all colonels. And they're, I think the appropriate term to say is really stinking irritated about it (laughs) (laughs) because they thought they deserved it more than him. And quite frankly, probably did as we know now that he kind of made up all the stuff that happened at the battle of Saratoga. They also know that Wilkinson may or may not have been, they think he probably was part of the Conway cabal. And what the Conway cabal in short was a lot of people at the time didn't like the way that George Washington led the, the military and they did like the way that Horatio Gates led the military. And so they were trying to overthrow essentially George Washington, put Horatio Gates in uh, his spot. And they're like, okay, listen, you can't be part of the board of war when you don't respect the commander in chief. So we don't like you, Wilkinson. And then Gates is like, ah, guess what? Wilkinson, you really get under my skin. So (laughs) quit, please quit, get out of here. And Wilkinson's like, okay. So he's out of work for just a little bit. And uh, guess what happens? In 1779, Congress says, hey, Wilkinson, you're a sharp dresser. Uh, Why don't you become the clothier general of the army? And um, (laughs) get this, Ben. I was doing some research on the clothier general. And um, I guess they just wanted to make sure that the army looked pretty good if you don't look good why how could how are you going to kill the enemy i mean everybody knows that's important you need to be sharply dressed so well anyway wilkinson he's the clothier general and he wasn't very good at it (laughs) so (laughs) so the whole thing with being the clothier general it didn't work out and he resigns from the continental army and what do you do when you resign from the Continental Army and you're James Wilkinson? You move west because, well, he served, right? And there's some prestige in that. And he had this awesome brigadier general rank. So, you know, probably your average Kentuckian didn't know all of the bad things that he did, right? And so... Uh, he moves to Kentucky in 1784, and he's always looking for opportunities to make money. And in 1785, he's already joining the effort to get statehood from Virginia. They were looking for the three counties of Virginia that comprised of Kentucky when it first became a state to make that separation. So he, uh, goes to Kentucky and everybody thinks, wow, look at this guy. He's from Pennsylvania and he's, he's a sharp dresser, right? 
So Kentucky is trying to join up with this new country called America or United States of America. But they're a little frustrated because there was the Articles of Confederation, which under that uh, scenario, they were already basically, you know, had statehood. And they knew that if the Constitution passed that, well, they wouldn't be members of that body anymore because they'd have to start the whole process over again. So they're a little frustrated. And then Wilkinson goes to Kentucky and does not exactly slow that frustration down. I guess you could say he even speeds it up a little bit. And he heads down to New Orleans and New Orleans at this time is under the control of the Spanish. You know, the whole Louisiana purchase thing that will come a little later. And the Spanish say to America, hey, uh, you can't use our port here uh, for your commerce. You can't do any trading or anything. And sorry, that's all there is to it. And the people in Kentucky are like, well, I mean, we need the river. We need the Mississippi River. We need their port in New Orleans. United States can't get that for us, but Spain can. And Wilkinson goes down and is like, so how about you give Kentucky exclusive rights to being able to trade on this river and in your port? And in exchange for all that good stuff that's happening, you pay me. <laughs> so, uh, you know, Wilkinson's just like, I'll, I'll throw my country under the bus if I can get a couple grand out of it. Spain gives Wilkinson an annual pension of $2,000. And then after Wilkinson thinks about this a little bit more, he's like, well, what would happen if Kentucky separates from Virginia and becomes its own country? And uh, while we're at it, becomes an ally of Spain. As a matter of fact, <laughs> the Kentucky people will become vassals of the Spanish government. So, uh, yeah, the Spanish governor thinks that that is a, well, that's a great idea. So, hey, Wilkinson, you're responsible for really turning the tide here with the public opinion, or at least I hope you will be. Here's four thousand dollars. <laughs> so, in seventeen eighty seven, James Wilkinson swears his allegiance to Spain and becomes Spanish secret agent number thirteen. You gotta wonder where the other twelve were at, what they were doing. Yeah, I hate to think. <laughs> so, there's a guy named George Rogers Clark, and he's a general, and he was big time in the American Revolution. And the Spanish don't like Clark. They see him as a huge threat and understand that he is a man of great renown and is probably going to put a hurting on him if they try anything. They think if he if he tries to come into Spanish territory, we're going to be really in trouble. And Wilkinson may have even convinced them of that. And Wilkinson says, listen, I can take care of Clark. You just probably have to pay me more money or something like that. And so Wilkinson... Uh, uh, basically smears Clark's name all through the mud and he spreads rumors about Clark. He says he's a drunkard. He says he can't be trusted. He shouldn't be in charge of anything or anything at all. And Wilkinson is such a good liar that Clark actually loses his positions. He loses his fortune. You know, he's a rich guy and he loses his reputation, which is probably the most valuable thing any of us can have, I'd say. Yeah, so Wilkinson definitely uh, had a way with words and with people and swaying them one way or the other. 
So in 1791, Wilkinson is like, hey, I really would like to be back in the army. And he was reinstated and he is appointed a lieutenant colonel under the command of Anthony Wayne. And he leads a force of Kentucky volunteers against some Indian tribes or Native American tribes in the Ohio Valley. And because of this, they make him a general. <laughs> so why not, right? That's right. <laughs> so uh, General Wilkinson, he spends his four years under Wayne. Really a large part of that time, he's fighting Wayne. And he's saying that Wayne is quite possibly insane. And he's not very intelligent. And, well, guess what? The smear campaign works because Anthony Wayne becomes known as Mad Anthony Wayne. And here's a really good story, Ben. Wilkinson was with Wayne at the Battle of Fallen Timbers. And it's reported that he intentionally delayed sending a supply train to his commanding general in an attempt to undermine Wayne. Yeah. What a scoundrel. I know. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this guy is horrible. <laughs> so, you know, obviously at this point, they're like, you're a treasonous, you're going to jail, right? I mean, that's what happens. Except it doesn't. Um, everybody ignores the fact that he's duplicitous and he's a conniver. And he actually gets command of Detroit in 1796. And when Wayne died, Mad Anthony Wayne, when he dies, Wilkinson uh, gets a little bit of an upgrade. He becomes the commander in chief of the U.S. <laughs> Army uh, because he's been around so long. So we've got a commander in chief who is being paid by Spain and who many people characterized negatively. General Knox actually characterized him as uh, an individual with conduct tarnishing the military reputation of our country. So, like, it doesn't take long for the citizens of Detroit to say, we do not like this guy, he's a greedy so-and-so, and you should transfer him out of here. And he gets transferred out and becomes the commander of the Army's Southern Department. Yeah, so he's under review by mm -hmm. the U.S. government because, well, there's a lot of people saying this guy is a nasty creep. And uh, this podcast is PG, so <laughs> nasty creep in the strongest of uh, the sense of each, both of those words. Sure. And uh, the government's reviewing him. Thomas Jefferson, you know, our friend TJ, who a lot of us would say he was a pretty respectable president, right? Mm -hmm. He's like, hey, I think I think Wilkinson is fine and I trust him completely. And in 1803, TJ's like, go take possession of the Louisiana Purchase and uh, you go out there with William Claiborne and... Um, Wilkinson's like, I love New Orleans. <laughs> I, I, I'd really like to go back. So he goes out there and he's seeing some of his Spanish friends and he received a $12,000 bribe yeah. while he was there. And he goes and buys a boatload of sugar 
takes it to New York so he can sell it and enters in that guy. <laughs> That's right. Jason's favorite villain. Aaron Burr. <laughs> he, <laughs> Wilkinson heads to, what are the chances these two would meet, Jason? I I can't imagine. I mean, are we all related? Yeah, I guess what, so. What's happening? Well, it's crazy because not only, okay, so Wilkinson goes to New York. He meets with Aaron Burr, who is at the time Jefferson's vice president. And it turns out they're actually old friends. I mean, they were both on um, on the same staff during the Revolutionary War. Wilkinson is actually married to an associate of Burr's, so they have that. Of course, he of is. course, he is. They have that re- <laughs> that relationship as well. And the two of them are like, hmm. So there's this dispute between the United States and Spain, and you know there there's a lot of boundary issues. So there's a possibly going to be a war. So. We should figure out some plans. Um, we should figure out how to get into Spanish territory and colonize it. That seems like a great idea. We should call it, um, I don't know, the Empire of the West. And we'll be just like Napoleon. And, and New Orleans will be our capital. And so Wilkinson is not only now plotting against the United States with Spain, he's also plotting against Spain with the United States, or I guess Aaron Burr, who is the vice president, which you could pretty much say is the United States. And... You know, this is probably mostly Wilkinson's idea because Wilkins uh, Burr actually turns around and says, well, Wilkinson's the projector of this whole conspiracy. You know, it, it's all him. None of it's me. I, I never would have thought of this if it hadn't been for him. So, of course, Burr turns around and, and betrays the betrayer um, Two like conniving, sniveling guys, if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, all the while. Wilkinson is tipping off the Spanish government about the whole Lewis and Clark expedition. And I, you know, just think about this. Think about how important the Lewis and Clark expedition is to our history. And think about how precious that expedition was to Thomas Jefferson. After all, I mean, Jefferson placed a lot of his mental power, a lot of his time, a lot of the American money behind getting these two guys out West and Wilkinson who Jefferson's like, Oh yeah, you're cool. You're, you're doing great. Is tipping off the Spanish government who does not want this expedition to happen. So, and and it's their territory. So, I mean, it makes a little bit of sense. It does make sense, but I mean, if you're an American and you're thinking, you know, the preliminary manifest destiny and you're really excited because you just got a good deal on the Louisiana Purchase. So, of course, Aaron Burr is involved in this way. And (laughs) I, I it it just takes a turn for, well, the better or the worse. (laughs) <laughs> depending on, on how you feel about it. Burr hates Jefferson. Jefferson hates Burr, right? Mm-hmm. But somehow Burr convinces Jefferson that Wilkinson should be the governor of Northern Louisiana. <laughs> this was probably and, right before he killed Alexander Hamilton. Yeah. I mean, this is all probably, yeah, right in there. And here you have Wilkinson. He's going to be able to go 
all over the place. And he's like, oh, I'm the governor. <laughs> no problem. So in August of 1804, uh, Aaron Burr, the vice president, contacts Anthony Mary. And Anthony Mary is the minister to the United States from Britain. And Burr says, hey, Mary, um, Louisiana? Yeah, they're ready to break away from the U.S. And as soon as they do that, the whole rest of the country out in the West, they're going to do it, too. And you know what? All I need is like a half a million dollar loan and just send some some British naval squadrons over here, put them at the Mississippi River and we'll we'll be all right. And so the British are like, oh, well, actually, this seems like a good, a good opportunity to kind of mess with Spain. But Prime Minister Pitt uh, died and the new English leader was like, no, I think we should just stay out of this for this time. We're going to probably get into another war with America in a few years, <laughs> like, you know, maybe like 1812 or so. So maybe this time we'll just <laughs> stay out of it. So Burr is like, bummer. I didn't get the British on my side. So I'm going to go out west and try to get some support out there. And of course, he meets up with Wilkinson in Illinois and they decide they're going to finalize some plans. But people are starting to hear about Burr and hear about the things he's doing. And they know his name because he used to be the vice president. So what's happening here? Why are we having these conflicts with Spain? And yet we're hearing rumblings from leaders of our country. Yeah, well, it all has to do with where's the border. Mm -hmm. So remember, Louisiana Purchase, we purchased that from France, right? And then you've got the land west of the Louisiana Purchase. And, well, this goes on for quite some time. Where is the border between the United States and Mexico? Uh, it's possible we might have a war about that. But there is a ploy uh, for... Burr and Wilkinson to attack Spanish territory in the name of the United States and to declare themselves as the ruler of the conquered lands. So now it's all yeah. out in the open. Wilkinson is not a friend to Spain. So the great thing to do if you're James Wilkinson is, well, you, you only have one friend in the world at this point, and it's Aaron Burr, right? I mean, Thomas Jefferson thinks you're okay for some weird reason, but... What do you do, Ben? Well, if you're Aaron Burr, which I'm not and neither are you, but if you were, you would send a coded letter to Wilkinson. And this is what, if you hear about the cipher letter, this is what it was. It was a coded letter. Uh, you know, there's lots of ciphering that has to happen to, to figure it out. And he sends it to Wilkinson and says, all right, let's go. Let's initiate this plan. Let's let's get on with it already. And then he goes out and he tries to collect some supporters for his army, you know, the one they're going to use to take over this territory. So at this point, you know, there's been some rumors that stuff's happening, like I mentioned earlier. And at this point, everybody's like, OK, there is something going on because I just got asked to be part of an army that doesn't exist. And Wilkinson is a coward, at, which maybe in this position was a good idea and he gets fearful and <laughs> he decides uh, I am going to save my own butt. I don't care about what's happening with Aaron Burr. So on October 9th, 1806, Wilkinson says, I'm going to send a letter to Jefferson and I'm going to tell him everything that Aaron Burr has done. 
everything that Aaron Burr has done, not everything that I have done. <laughs> I'm just going to sell out Aaron Burr. So Jefferson already doesn't like Aaron Burr. We know that from every other episode we've ever done, and neither does anyone else. So Jefferson orders for Burr to be arrested. And of course, you know, he accuses him of treason and this and that because he's in Spanish territory when they catch him trying to escape and they try him for treason. Yeah. So that's what you did in the, you know, 1700s, 1800s. You just try people for treason and it works. (laughs) So in Burr's case, it doesn't work because... John Marshall, who's the chief justice, didn't like Thomas Jefferson. So he's like, Burr, you're innocent. And Wilkinson avoids being indicted because he was protected by <laughs> Jefferson. Well, and Jason, part, part of the thing is, too, uh, Jefferson and uh, John Marshall both pretty much knew that Burr was guilty. But what happened was... They wanted to see the original of this letter, the cipher letter, and Wilkinson admitted that it wasn't the original that he had given him because, of course, he had doctored it to make himself look good, but he didn't have the original document. So they were like, well, if you don't have the original document, you can't prove that happened, so we can't do anything about it. And yeah, of course, John Marshall hated Thomas Jefferson, too, but that's beside the point. So Jefferson's like, "Uh, (laughs) what do I do with this guy? You know, (laughs) I've pretty much backed him for a while now. And uh, he pretty much recognizes the fact that Wilkinson isn't doing a very good job. <laughs> and uh, he replaces him with none other than Meriwether Lewis. So interesting twist there. Now, James Madison, he is unlike Jefferson. He's unlike Washington in this matter. And uh, he's like, Wilkinson, he's not that good of a guy. (laughs) (laughs) He's kind of an idiot. Yeah. So good, good old James Madison, you know, he doesn't get a lot of credit. Um, He has Wilkinson court-martialed in 1811 for mismanagement and complicity with Burr and with taking some money from the Spanish. So Wilkinson is acquitted because of, well, where is that letter? You can't prove it. So during the War of 1812, Wilkinson is still in the army. <laughs> and he's transferred up north and he's given the command of an army of about 7,000 men. And guess what? They send him up to Canada because, well, he's been there before. <laughs> he knows the territory. Yeah. So in 1813, he was stopped by a force of British soldiers that was much smaller than his, only 800 soldiers on the British side at the Battle of Chrysler's Farm. And by the time March rolls around, he was driven back by only 180 men from the British. And so... People were like, this guy is inept. But guess what? (laughs) He stood before a court and was exonerated. And that's amazing because any other individual would have just been laughed out of existence, but not Wilkinson. He's been at this a little while. So he is done. 
with the military, of course. He gets discharged from service at the end of the war. But there's still this issue of Spain. And uh, he goes to Mexico City under the guise of being uh, um, an agent of the American Bible Society. Go figure. He uses the American Bible Society to weasel his way into Mexico City. And he figures out how to get the government to give up a land grant for Texas. And so he ends up living in the Mexican territory the rest of his day, probably stealing money from poor children and candy and stuff and ends up dying in 1825. And this isn't confirmed, but reportedly he died from the effects of smoking opium. So (laughs) what a, what a crazy, crazy man. He he died and was buried in Mexico city. Uh, But what an insane kind of life this guy led. Yeah. And so you wonder why we waited so long (laughs) before giving an episode to this guy, because all year we've been pretty much trashing on Aaron Burr. We've been putting his name through the mud and, uh, it's actually James Wilkinson who is the most awful American (laughs) from, from this era. And, uh, we will leave you with that. There is a book by Andro Linklater that is called, an artist in treason, the extraordinary double life of general James Wilkinson. Go check it out. And uh, you can do that. If you visit electioncollege.com slash audible, you can actually listen to that for free. Yeah. I'll put the link right into the show notes. So we hope you enjoyed this longer episode of election college. We thought you might enjoy that as you ride to grandmother's house, this Christmas weekend. And if you do enjoy election college, and we hope that you do, of course, head over and you can be along with all of the other individuals who have left us a review on iTunes. I know we ask for it all the time and probably every other podcast you listen to does as well, but we really mean it. It really does help us out. It helps more people find out about us. I personally, when I want to listen to a podcast, go look at the reviews and see what other people have to say about it. Just take a few seconds, leave us a review. A little star rating won't hurt anything. And uh, we'd really appreciate that. You can do that at electioncollege.com slash review. Yeah, we've had a lot of fun interactions over the last couple of weeks with many of you on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can follow us there at Election College. And uh, I don't know, we've had so many cool images being sent to us with uh, historic Um, paraphernalia it's been a lot of fun to see so please continue if there is anything election or u.s history related we really enjoy seeing that and know the other followers enjoy seeing what you bring to the community thanks everybody we really appreciate you listening and we will talk to you next time Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.